right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. The regular season is in the books. The Pittsburgh Steelers gave a valiant effort in Cleveland this past Sunday, uh, despite not having a lot of their regulars, um, and uh, came away with a 24-22 loss to the Cleveland Browns. And uh, I, I credit the Steelers. Uh, I, I, they played a lot harder than I thought they would, and it, it basically came down to a two-point conversion, and uh, it, it didn't happen. And uh, uh, the Browns win. The Browns make the playoffs. And as their reward, the Browns get the Steelers this Sunday in the uh, primetime slot, Sunday night, 8-15 on NBC. That's right, kids. Get ready for Chris Collinsworth. And in other words, I guess – pick out arsenic or whatever it is you want to just kill yourself with because, my God, is he awful to listen to. Now, here's uh, a guy. Now, here's yeah, a guy we now, talk now about. here's a guy. Now, here's a guy. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what. Have you heard his kid? His kid irritates me just as much. No, I heard he's a sideline reporter, but I, I have not. He's on yeah. afterwards. He's on. But the he's got game all show. the same yeah. mannerisms. The 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 voice is the same. It, it, it it's just, yeah yeah. It's well, why the hell is he? Why the hell isn't he being a mediocre wide receiver for the Bengals? <laughs> <laughs> um, probably wasn't mediocre enough. Apparently, uh, I don't know. But uh, anyway, welcome aboard, everybody. And that's uh, uh, a good beer. We uh, we hope to give you a break from uh, a lot of the things going on in the world and, and talk some sports. So uh, and, and some Steelers. Ben, what are you uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am drinking Boneyard RPM IPA, and it is okay. delicious. And I've also got three fingers of uh, Bull Run whiskey. Bull Run, very famous yeah. battle. No, well, yeah, battles. very famous battle, battles. but I wouldn't call yeah. it a very famous distiller. It's their local, okay. but it is good whiskey. Good, and they age it in. Uh, I think they age it for five years in regular oak barrels, and then they age it for two more in port barrels. Oh, okay, very nice. And it is. Nice. It is quite tasty. Yeah, I uh, I just tried the uh, Jameson in the uh, the IPA barrels. Oh yeah, that's, that's good, isn't it? It is. It is. It. Uh, I wasn't real sure what to expect, but uh, it is. Um, Ian, what are you uh, uh, enjoying tonight? I am drinking a Old Overholt 100 oh, proof nice. bottled in bond rye whiskey. What do you uh, always drinks? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm drinking it at, in the glasses my wife got for me, or I oh, should say, tumblers right. my wife got for me mm-hmm. for Christmas, which have uh, raised bottoms on them that have the topography of different U.S. mountain ranges. So. Uh, tonight I grabbed the Denali. Uh, <laughs> yeah, unbelievable! It is yeah, cool. I, really you cool. showed a this, picture. This is it, how it, it Ian entertains himself, guys. That and yeah. and critiquing, uh, officiating, and Far watching wide. film. He's also a football <laughs> dork. Uh, I'm a dork well, about a great many things. It's quite. I, I've just got my uh, three fingers of Maker's Mark. I'm trying to finish off that bottle so I can start on the uh, sampler pack my wife got me for Christmas. So, awesome. um, yeah. Ian, All right. Ian, why haven't yeah. you gone to the liquor store yet and, and gotten the bottle of Red Breast I told you about? I'll get there eventually. I, I went like right before Christmas and stocked up on a whole bunch of stuff. So I've got to finish some of the bottles that I have. I have like six different bottles of whiskey right now and uh, like only, you know, a couple other things. So um, I got to I got to work my way through a couple of these other bottles well, first. You can just start make... sharing it with your sons. Uh, that's OK. <laughs> yeah. they, they are. They don't need it yet. They've they're very interested in it, though. They, they're like, oh, when can I have yeah, whiskey? Yeah. When, I'm like on your 21st birthday. I will take you to a bar and you can 21st. have first. <laughs> the first time they taste whiskey, imagine the face they're gonna make. I know, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. you can just say to them, "Yep, remember that." <laughs> that oh, that was my son. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, guys, I you know I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the game last week. Um, I, I do want to dive. Well, I, I just I don't know that it's really worth it. But I mean, um, I think I think there were some pleasant surprises. Yes, you know, yes, setting aside gonna... the fact that I was really angry about the loss, even though it was the Steelers' JV. Yeah, there were a handful of guys that really stood out, in my opinion. Um, Kevin Rader on special teams. Who the hell knew he could do that? 
I, I know. A couple of real nice big hits, tackles on special teams. Yeah, three teams. special teams tackles, yeah. and he popped on the screen, and he's a friggin' tight end. Yeah. Who knew that was coming? I had I, no idea. I saw him as nothing more than just your run-of-the-mill uh, blocking tight end uh, who who just – that's it. That's all he's going to do. Um, but Wormley you know, had a nice sack. He did. The guy I really was impressed with on film, he kept showing up even when he wasn't making plays. He was he was pushing the ball carrier into the pursuit was J. Ron Elliott. I was like, wow. He actually flashed a little during the game. He, he, he did. He just, yeah, you just kind of like, whoa, where did he come from? And it was you know? from that off-the-ball linebacker spot. It yeah. wasn't so much from the edge where he, you know, he's supposed to be playing. So I, I looked at it, and I was kind of like, could that guy do what Arthur Motes did and actually be a swing linebacker? Ooh. I mean, man, what a, what a great position for him if he can. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean – Assuming Highsmith is gonna is gonna jump in there when Dupre, Dupree departs, it's a mouthful. Um, yeah, he'd be very nice to have behind. Um, uh, Ian, any anybody for you? Any any moments in that game? Uh, I'm sure you want to talk a little bit about the officiating. <laughs> a little, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, so going back to, to Kevin Rader for a minute, local kid, uh, Pine Richland High School, I believe. That's right, That's but. Right. Uh, also, you know, he was a guy that a couple years ago, I think it was last year, we kind of thought during camp might actually beat out uh, Zach Gentry for the third tight end spot. Because right. that one, sucks. Because, because he does, yes, because he went to Michigan. Um, we should note that. And, yes, it has nothing he, to do with Zach Gentry going to Michigan, although that sucks too, but it, <laughs> he sucks because he sucks. Yes. Nevertheless, he had that one awful preseason game where he had a couple holding penalties and like dropped. A, I think he dropped two passes and then had a fumble or something. He had just a terrible, terrible game. Bad after day. That. Yeah. He, he was in the doghouse and kind of never made it out. But, um, you know, the, the COVID situation with Ebron opened the door for him to have an opportunity here in a game that didn't matter. And, you know, we saw what kind of growth the kid has had since that awful yeah. game. You know, um, and and that leads me to my bigger point. I don't know if there was one specific player that stood out to me, but I mean, let's face it. We played our JV team. Tomlin even made a quote this the prior week about wanting to airmail his team to the playoffs, basically, you know, get them there all healthy. Mm -hmm. And they were down 24 to nine. They could have just packed it in absolutely the ball and, you know, just kind of been like, whatever the final score is, we don't care. We're just going to get out of here. But they showed some incredible, whatever you want to call it, heart, gumption, grit, intestinal fortitude, whatever, you know, word you want to choose. Yeah. This team showed some serious heart in battling back in this game on both sides of the ball in the second half when like some of the starters that had, you know, even started the game and got taken out. It was pretty much all backups in there. And they they battled back and and like you said at the intro came within a two point conversion yeah. of potentially sending the game to overtime. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I was really impressed with um, you know just the the heart, the grit uh, that this team showed, the depth on this team showed. Um, you know, throughout especially the the third and fourth quarter in this game after they got down and, you know, to throw a bone to Ben here. Yes, if the officials actually knew how to call <laughs> roughing the passer, then, you know, Mason's interception gets called back. That's and, right. Um, they don't go up 24 to nine there, you know. Uh, so but, yeah, it, it, that but, was another example of Mason getting happy feet in the pocket and throwing a terrible pass that yeah. never should have been thrown. Nope. Yeah, never should have been thrown. Horrible pick. That yes. the picks on Mason. Yes. Oh, the, absolutely. The official should have brought that ball back because he very clearly was hitting right in the face with two hands. Two hands, right in, not just right one. Front, two. Right in front of Jerome Boger. How does that happen? And he misses that. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I, one other point on that too, though, that's worth making is that double punch to Mason's face is absolutely the reason why it was right to not play Ben Roethlisberger in this game. Because yeah, if something like that happens to Ben and he gets hurt and can't play this oh, coming week God. in the playoff game, like, oh. can you imagine the shitstorm that would happen? Yeah. Uh, you know, people, yeah, that, yeah. So it was, no, it was good absolutely point. the right reason to start Mason. <sighs> did, um, <sighs> Did you guys realize? I, I you probably did. There, there was a point in the fourth quarter where I think 
I think Minka Fitzpatrick was the only first-team player on that defense on the field. He played the whole yes. game. He was out yeah. there the whole game. Yeah, I, I mean, that. That to your point, uh, Ian, it just spoke to the fact that those those guys that are – your your backups, your reserves, whatever you want to call them, they they recognized that this was an opportunity to to get some film, to get some tape, and uh, they they know what their situations are. Their agents talk to them. They 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 know what's up at the end of this year and coming into next year, the Steelers cap situation. So they they got to get some tape and 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 you know and some meaningful snaps. And and I yeah, absolutely. I thought those guys played hard and and pulled us within a a, a two point conversion. So. I, I I'm I was thrilled by it again. I'm I'm like Ben. I the loss doesn't sit well with me. It never does. I don't care who we're playing and why we're playing. It still sucks. But I, I understood what the greater the greater goal was, and that was just simply to be healthy as possible um, coming out of that. Um, ben, you mentioned Mason Rudolph, and and you know, look, I, he had good numbers, 315 yards and two TDs and, and the horrible pick, and it, and it was. You have to learn to, to live to fight another day. Um, you you got to either throw that ball into the stands or you just eat it, and nobody likes either of those two options, but it's better than what happened. Um, yep. So so overall, I, I mean, what what did you think when you when you look at that performance based on what you saw from him last year? Well, it was better than last year, which yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, guys, everybody who wants to say that Mason played well. No, he didn't. Um, better than 2019 Mason Rudolph is not a standard you want anyone to strive for. OK, because mm-hmm. 2019 Mason Rudolph was horrible, disgraceful. Um, he was a little better. His pocket presence still sucks. I don't know why he won't step up in the pocket. He's still checking the ball down when he has guys open downfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did throw some downfield, which was better. Yeah. Um, it looked as though he knew where he was going to go with the ball at the snap, even when he went downfield. And if that had been covered up, like the, the times he went to Claypool, if right. that had been covered up, he just – he would have just checked it down or, you know, tried to do a little three yard scamper or, or taken a sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm just, I'm not, I don't think he can read defenses and that's not something you can overcome. And that's my instinct right now. Mm-hmm. I think that Mason has more physical ability than Josh Dobbs. I think Josh Dobbs is smarter and, mm-hmm. If if somehow you could meld those two players together, you'd have a, a starting caliber NFL quarterback. But you can't, right? So you don't have anybody behind Ben that can be the future, in my opinion. Um, he's still doing a lot of the same things that he did last year, and it's aggravating. Um, again, better than 2019 is not a standard. This guy does mm-hmm. not look like a guy. He doesn't flash. He doesn't pop off the set any place. Mm-hmm. Even when Ben was a rookie and he made some dumb mistakes, he still would do this stuff off script where you were just like, how did he even do that? How did yeah, he get away yeah, with that? That's a good point. You know? And it was just like, Mason's not doing any of that because he, he can't. can't. It's, it's it, very much with him. It's, it's either he makes the play or it's just awful. There, there's very little in between. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, 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 so I see where you're going with that, Ian. What, what did you think of uh, of Rudy on on Sunday? I agree with Ben that he was better than 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I thought he particularly did better was throwing on time and on target. Some of his deep balls actually hit guys in stride. Last mm-hmm. year, we talked a lot about how Mason was waiting for guys to be college open and not NFL open. And a couple mm-hmm. of the the crossing routes he threw to Juju on third downs, that he was actually putting the ball out in space and letting his guys go get it and hitting them on the run in stride rather right. than you know th- waiting for them to actually appear to be open Mm -hmm. um you know he was throwing when they were in their breaks rather than or you know throwing when they appeared to be covered rather than you know just just letting his guys go make plays so that was that was better that was encouraging especially the the 
deep ball to Deontay Johnson down the right side was a, a I mean, he dropped that right in there over the he defensive did. back. Um, the the other deep ball to Johnson down the left side, or I guess left numbers, um, you know, he hit him in stride as well. Um, couple to, to Claypool. Um, the, the touchdown to Claypool, he had to come back for a little bit, but also had a defensive back draped all over him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fantastic grab yeah, on that. But nevertheless, it was it was good to see Mason just put to push the ball down the field a little bit too and not just check down the whole game. Um, you know, that gets back to, you know, actually going after it and not, you know, just trying to get out of dodge and packing it in. That they actually they went for it and right. You know, I commend them. Um, I, I also I disagree with Ben about Mason's future. I, I will say I do not think Mason can be an NFL starter. He is not a number one quarterback. I okay. think he can be a capable number two, which you know he could. Which means you know if your starter gets hurt, he could come yeah. in for maybe a series or two. He can maybe maybe start a game or two. He's not a sixteen game starter at, at most. Maybe a you know one or two game kind of starters here or there. Um, so I think I think he showed enough that he could be a capable number two, but I don't think he's not the long term answer. He's not, you know, the mm-hmm. the future, yeah. the quarterback of the future. Yeah. I also say one Go other ahead. thing. I love throwing in the Josh Dobbs package just because even if they don't use it, it gives opponents one other thing they have yeah. to spend practice time preparing for this week and watching film on um you know obviously we'll see the browns this week hopefully we get to play again next week but um you know ben roethlisberger in his press conference this week even kind of alluded to it that like oh yeah maybe we have three quarterbacks that are capable any one of us might might go out there and play you know it's it's all it's gamesmanship they're not they're not going to put josh Dobbs <laughs> out there Ben's healthy but it's complete gamesmanship but it, you make your opponent prepare for it and you know that's it's just one other thing they have to be thinking about while they're practicing this week. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And as, as we know, over the last several weeks, you know, defenses have been kind of calling out Randy Fickner's offense, especially in the first half of games. And, and I think the, the Dobbs package was a great step towards, as you said, making defenses all of a sudden have to spend a little more time on something that, that they probably really don't want to. Um, so I, I liked it from that vantage point. Uh, you, you know, the, the great thing about having a franchise quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger is that, you know, for us, we don't have to spend a lot of time um, evaluating quarterbacks coming out. And, you know, obviously that has changed over the last couple of years as Ben has gotten up there in age and, and certainly will continue to change for us. But Rudolph was was easily the guy that I've spent the most time watching uh, over the last few years since he came out and, and then certainly last year. And, you know, he, he did improve. There's no doubt. I thought his I thought his moxie, just his overall uh, confidence looked better. Um, he, he I think getting the ball out ahead of receivers as you guys were talking about was huge um but there's there's just too many little things and and some people have said to me you know maybe that maybe that'll change if he gets more playing time and maybe it will maybe it will but I I just think that a quarterback either has it or they don't they either have that ability to, to to feel the pocket closing in they know to step up they know to get rid of it or they don't and I I just I just kind of feel like he's just not ever going to grasp that. And so I, I tend to agree with Ian a little bit there that, that I don't know that he'll be much more than a spot starter, a guy that can give you a couple of games if necessary. I, I would not want to have to rely on him. And and if I'm wrong, then I, I hope I'm wrong and he's a stealer and proves me wrong. But um, that's just, that's just kind of what, what I, what I see out of him. Um, and any I, chance. Yeah, go ahead. I, I pretty much agree with what Ian said, I'm, I, yeah. he kind of lost me when he said he was disagreeing with me and saying that, that Mason could be a spot starter slash backup. Yeah. I don't want to rely on him long-term. He's not no. No. an NFL starter. He just isn't period. Um, he may get smarter with age and with experience, but yeah. again, my instinct in watching him, Watching him not be able to feel the pass rush coming at him, his refusal to step up into the pocket, the fact that he misses guys open and continues to check down the ball, I just don't think he can read defenses. And I don't think that's something that 
you can fix, at least not entirely. I think it's instinctive. As you mentioned before, you kind of have it or you don't. It's true. Brett Favre talked about the fact that Holmgren would sit down with him and go, okay, these are your reads. One, two, three, four. You went mm-hmm. one, four. Tell me why you did that. <laughs> Tell me why you did that. And yeah. Brett would say, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But he made the play. He yeah. made the play. And it was instinctive because he just had that quality. He just knew, okay, this is happening. That guy's open. Shoo, out. It goes. You know, and it's it's his fourth read, but he throws it on the second read. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's things like that. It's qualities like that that Rudy lacks. And I think, you know, no disrespect to to him. By all accounts, he's a nice guy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I just don't think he's got it. I don't think that he's he can read defenses. I don't think that he can see the field, which is weird because he's six four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is. I don't. What think, it is. I don't. I don't think yeah. he can see. He can definitely put the ball where it needs to be. I don't think he can see it to do it, which bothers I, me. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. I you know if you go back and you watch him at Oklahoma State, though, I, I mean, it, it was pretty much one guys one, open. Yeah, you know, I my first read is going to be my first throw, uh, or vice versa. I, I mean, it's just that's that's the way it was in that system. But and, uh, you know, and they schemed some guys open on Sunday, and they did. made it work. Yep. You know, yep. and and yes, he was throwing two spots on the field and letting guys go go, go and get the ball showing a little more trust in his receivers than he did last year. I will give him credit for that. He was definitely better mm-hmm. than last year. But again, let me emphasize, better than awful is not a standard we want people to strive no. for. <laughs> We've seen that standard um, many years ago, and we don't want a, a return to that. That's for damn sure. Well, uh, you're... <laughs> yeah, that, that's another show, but... Yes, it is. There, and it's there one were I'm two, not... two decades of... of Football frustration I, because we didn't have a franchise quarterback. And for you younger listeners that have only been uh, fans from about 2004 on, mm-hmm. get ready. It ain't going to be pretty. Well, Ben, as you know, we're going to trade for uh, Deshaun Watson, and we're not going to have to worry about that. So, yeah, uh, that's not yeah, happening yeah, either. Yeah, well, it's a whole other whole other story. Uh, you're listening Look, to the there Steel was a Steel. reason. <laughs> what? There was a reason when I was a kid. Yeah, I asked Santa Claus every year to bring the Steelers a quarterback, <laughs> and th- this is this is a true story that like my parents would take me to see Santa Claus, and I'd go through my list, and then the last thing I'd say every year was, "And I want you to bring the Steelers a quarterback." And every year when I was a kid, without fail, I would ask for that. And it took um, until I was in college for them to get one. So, yeah. So, Ian, did the did the mall Santa, whose lap you were sitting on when you were a little kid, <laughs> did he smell of whiskey and have a Pittsburgh accent? <laughs> he probably did. I don't remember that, but he probably did. So, so in other words, that mall Santa somewhere in Pittsburgh was a real asshole because he wouldn't bring us a quarterback for twenty well, years. You know, I, I I distinctly recall a few of them being like, "Oh, I wish I could. We really need one." <laughs> oh, Santa, you watch football from the North Pole? Oh man, uh, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented. By Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida, serving the Southern Palm Beach counties. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing at deckroofing.com today. Um, okay, so the Browns come to Pittsburgh now for the playoffs. And uh, wow, what a mess it is. Browns. Um, I mean, we know that their head coach will not be there. Uh, we know that uh, there's all pro guard uh, Joel Batonio will not be there, and and the way it looks, they're going to be starting somebody there that is wickedly inexperienced across from Cam Hayward. Um, so that's that's a big advantage. But um, uh, you know, I, I will allow Ian to to get into this because I, I he's been he's been mentioning this all week. There was a time when the Browns came to Pittsburgh and played the Steelers in the playoffs, and somebody had the idea of playing a song by the band Sticks called Renegade, and that's where it was born. 
And no, our, Ian, that... our Ian was in the stands that day. Ian, tell us about it. All right. So this was the, well, it was January 2003, so 2002 yep. regular season. Um, the Browns had made the playoffs for the first time since they were reincarnated. Um, right. They made the playoffs last after the 94 season, um, which was their last playoff victory in 94. Um, so all those Browns folks on Twitter who are trash talking probably have never been alive for a Browns playoff <laughs> victory. Um, they, the Browns won their first round game in 94 and then came to Pittsburgh in the divisional round and lost 29 to nine uh, in two. And then that was they, a beautiful game. Yes. Mm. And then they, uh, they moved to Baltimore. A few that years that was later. the old Browns. I was just going to say that right. that Browns team doesn't even exist anymore. They're the no. Baltimore Ravens now. So who cares? Yes. Let's talk about the new Browns. Yes. So the new Browns have only made the playoffs once, which was the uh, 2002 season. They came mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh and had a, uh, I'll say relatively young at that point, spry offensive coordinator who thought he was going to change the world by the name of Bruce Arians. Um, <laughs> and the Browns ran out to a fairly sizable oh, uh, very. Yeah. 17 to seven halftime lead, extended it to 24 to seven early in the fourth or early in the third quarter, excuse mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you know, being down 24 to seven, uh, this was, you know, this was Tommy Maddox at quarterback. This was, um, you know, this was not the, the Ben Roethlisberger team. Um, no, hey, that Tommy gun offense wasn't that bad. Come on. It was, it was not, but you know, this was a Jerome Bettis was hurt. Uh, so this was Amos Zaraway running the ball for us. This was, um, you know, Heinz Ward and Antoine Randall L receiver, uh, mm-hmm. and Plexico Burris as well had a, had a right. monster game. Um, but nevertheless, um, so the, the Browns score early in the third quarter and, go up 24 to 7 the Steelers mm-hmm. come back and go three and out um game <laughs> three yards the whole drive um and punt it back to Cleveland so you know 11 or so minutes left in the third quarter down 24 to 7 and Cleveland's getting the ball back so everyone in the stands is feeling pretty down at this point right and at, at this point uh the guy who runs the jumbotron decides to play renegade so for those who who I mean everyone's pretty familiar with renegade now but the st- song starts off pretty slow and I mean, if you're in a depressed mood, you're like, what the hell is this? That was, that was honestly <laughs> the attitude in, in the stands around us. People are like, what the fuck is this? Like, they've given up. Look, even the Jumbotron's playing this slow, sad song. You know, and, and it's a funeral I, march. It, it, pretty much, yeah. And I mean, I, I will fully admit that even as a, a high schooler at the time, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I was 16 years old, but I listened to a lot of classic rock. So I was familiar yeah, was with 26. the song. 26. He's lying. <laughs> I, was, I was 16. Um, but uh i you know and i was like no this is renegade this is great and and there's that moment like 30 seconds into the song when dennis DeYoung does the scream the ah the primal scream <laughs> and i swear it just like woke everyone the fuck up and everyone like got into it they started bouncing around with the song and i was like okay yeah okay maybe all right you know like all right maybe we're getting pumped up now and then um and then kelly holcomb threw an interception to mike logan yeah. uh tommy maddox came down through a touchdown to plexico burris and all of a sudden you know it's 24 14 you're like okay um and then uh you know and then the the browns wound up kicking a field goal on their next drive to go up 27 14 but then you know tommy gunn started rolling he uh you know brought us back to another touchdown to jeremy tooman and defense started making stops got another touchdown to heinz ward with about three minutes left and stopped the browns and got the got the ball back with like two and a half minutes left down 28 or 33 to 28 at that point right drove down the field chris fuamatu mafala foo ran the ball in yeah foo ran the ball in and then antoine randall threw a two-point conversion pass to uh jeremy tooman and we won the game 36 33 and and i think they played renegade another time too towards they the did, end they, like they played it twice they did play it twice yeah. yep yeah but double, like it was a rare double renegade yeah the first time it was played (laughs) yeah yeah but it was uh but ever since then yeah it's you know renegades obviously become a thing but that was that was where it started was that playoff game against cleveland and then uh we we won't talk about what happened the next week with fucking joe nedney's oscar-winning performance in tennessee but nevertheless um yeah that was that was the start of it it was the last time angry about that oh i i can remember (laughs) that oh i remember plays day look 
Every, Pittsburgh people have very long memories. Mm-hmm. If you if you remember Twitter after we beat the Titans this year, it was full of people saying, you know, this is for Joe Nedney. <laughs> Joe Nedney. Yes, it was. Take, you know, there was I I took screenshots of so many people with like you know f Joe Nedney this and that like people Dude, nobody, remember. Nobody so has a memory later. as long as you do with officiating, though. That's true. Yeah, Sorry. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, when the Browns, uh, in the Steelers hook up on Sunday, remember that is the, uh, the game that Renegade was, was born. Remember Uh, that, that Baker Mayfield actually sucks. Um, well that too. Yes, Ben. That's a phrase that that Ian actually coined. Um, so the Browns right now have seven guys on Mm -hmm. the reserve COVID list. They are expected to get Denzel Ward should be back. He'll come Denzel off. Denzel Ward on should be back, but Saturday, Kevin Johnson will probably not. Nope, nope, he's not. So they'll they'll Malcolm be... Smith may not is what I read today, but who knows? And what the uh, safe, Ronnie safety? Harrison, yep. Ronnie, Ronnie Harrison definitely will not. Joel Batonio yep. definitely will not. The Batonio loss is huge because, is. and you it referenced is. this before. Um, what they typically do was they were taking. Um, uh, God, he played for the Steelers. Why am I pulling? Why am I pulling a blank here? Hubbard, uh, Chris Hubbard, Hubbard, Chris Hubbard, Chris Hubbard. They were taking Hub and they were putting him in at guard as a backup guard. So he's a backup swing player at like four positions along the yeah. line. Yep. And they don't have him available because he's out on injured reserve. Yeah, he's hurt. So as of right now. I don't even know who's going to start there. Do you? They they have one of two guys. One one guy has I think two career starts, and the other one has I think all of one or two career plays in the NFL. Michael uh, Dunn. Yeah. Either either way, they're going what to this, be very inexperienced. What this means at the end of the day is somebody on the defensive interior is going to be singled up. Yeah. Probably not the guy who's going against that left guard and Joel Batonio because mm-hmm. they're going to want to try and give that guy help. So I don't think Cam Hayward is going to be the guy who's going to be singled up. I think the guy who's going to be singled up is Stephon Tuitt. Agree. And it's going to be because they need to give that left guard help. If they leave him singled up against Cam Hayward, Ham- Cam's going to pick him up and carry him to Baker Bayfield. <laughs> We've seen him do it. Yeah. We've seen him do it. And, it, you know, whoever this rookie, young, rookie probably is the wrong word, but young player, young player, inexperienced player is, he's going to get abused. Mm-hmm. Even if there's just one play where they allow it, he's going to get abused. So, to it, who's having a really nice year, <laughs> 11 is going yeah. to be singled up. Wyatt Teller is no slouch. No. But it doesn't matter. And then, I mean, you can't pull the right tackle and say, yeah, we're going to help out with Tua mm-hmm. here, and we'll leave the tight end to try and block T.J. Watt. <laughs> yeah, forget it. Yeah. So, I, I'd love to see it. So uh, would I. It would be fantastic. Yeah. If they do that, it's like, oh, yeah, here's a free sack, T.J. Go yeah. ahead and just have it. Well, Free tackle for loss. Since since we're talking Steelers defense right now against against that Browns offense, um, it Robert Spillane, uh, Ian, you know, I, I mean, what if he does come back and play? And and so far he's practiced this week. I don't think he's been activated yet. No. Um, I, I mean, both days. Yeah, has which which tells us he's probably uh, on track. Uh, to probably be activated on track for that. Yep. I mean, Ian is is he? Does he step in for for Avery Williamson? There, do you think they may split some snaps? Avery Williamson's been playing better week by week. He still has yes. some physical limitations, but slightly better. Um, but I think Spillane brought a lot to the defense that we didn't mm-hmm. really expect him to bring. We kind of expected him to be, um, you know, Tyler Maticavich 2.0, for lack of a better term, and kind of True. just the guy out there. Um, but, I mean, he's looked even better than, like, John Bostic ever looked. He um, arguably looks better than Mark Barron ever looked, you know, out there <laughs> as well. Um, he can actually cover guys in run yeah. support. He He's, he's yeah. great. Well, and against Nick okay. Chubb, we're going to need it. And 
Um, yeah, and, and the the real question with Spillane though is, do they give him the green dot back to let him call the plays? Do they let Vince Williams still mm. call the plays? Um, that's that's going to be something to kind of consider for them. Uh, who's who's going to call the plays? Because the person that calls the plays also kind of has to be a three down linebacker right. and stay out there on third down situations. Uh, the one other point I'll make too is that with Spillane out there. Um, the one thing we didn't do a very good job of last week was we let Baker break contain a couple yes, times and get to the outside and make Four plays with his feet. Nope. Um, and I, I got to think that, you know, with our starting outside linebackers and defensive line in there, they'll be a little more disciplined in their rush lanes and, and better about that. But also with, you know, our starting linebackers in, or well, starting Devin Bush yeah, is our yeah, starter, yeah. but you know what I mean? Robert Spillane's our, our starter for now because Bush is out. But, uh, you know, with, with those kind of guys in there, I got to think that they can hopefully keep Baker better contained because that's honestly where he's capable of making the, the bigger plays down the field and extending things is when he gets outside with his feet. And don't forget, it was the Browns that Devin Bush uh, uh, suffered the season-ending injury, and Spillane came in and, and played surprisingly well in that game. Um, ben, I, I know you had something to say there on, on Spillane. I I agree with just about everything that Ian said. He, against the run, he's fantastic. Uh, he's a very instinctive player. He even shows instincts in coverage. Um, he... Mm-hmm. he has a tendency to sniff out routes a little faster than other linebackers do. However, he's not great in coverage. Um, he's not a good coverage linebacker. Mm-hmm. And if he were, he would be an NFL starter. But Agreed. as we talked about all season long, he's a smart player. He diagnoses plays quickly. He hits like a truck. And he's been an asset when you thought, well, you really thought that he would be a gigantic step down. And he's been, you know, pretty been okay. competent. Yeah. He's been better than competent against the run. He's been pretty competent against the pass. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that headiness, that smart heady ability that he's got is going to mm-hmm. probably give him the green dot again if he's active because he had it before. He had it for several weeks. Seven. Well, and and I I do want to also add that it's not uncommon for graduates of Western Michigan University to to be very bright and smart. Uh, So what the hell happened to you? Well, (laughs) well, I I, um, I'm just saying, uh, if everybody else is so smart, what what's wrong with you? Well, I Ben, I ask myself this question on a daily basis. I I clearly uh, made my way through there. I, I, I slipped through the cracks. Let's put it that way. I slipped through the cracks at that prestigious university. Let's just say that. I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so with no Joe Hayden, we're we're going to go ahead and plug in uh, Cam Sutton over there um, on that side. I, you know, I would think uh, Justin Lane. Um, can, I, can I jump in here real quick? Of course. Um, I have been asking. Oh, pestering is a better idea, a better way of putting it. Yeah. The last two days, people about what Joe Hayden's situation is because he's eligible to come off on Saturday. Oof. Okay, if yeah. if he has tested negative five days in a row, he can come off on Saturday, and it really depends upon symptoms and everything else. But mm-hmm. it's a minimum of ten days. His tenth day would be Saturday. Saturday. Now, he probably can't do it. It isn't going to happen. So. Mm-hmm. That being the case, um, you know, he is likely to not be available. That's the plan right now. So it is what it is. Um, I think that it's probably going to be Justin Lane again or actually, I mean, what do you guys prefer? Would you prefer Lane? Or do you think I, Sutton would do a better job? I think Sutton's a better Sutton. outside. I Sutton think it's got to be Sutton. It's a better outside corner. Do you get the sense, and I'm just putting this out there to both of you, do you get the sense that they put Lane out there to see what he could do in a meaningless game as a part of the JV squad? I would say yes. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I, yeah. They wanted to see what they had there. Yeah, and I and I think – 
I think the door is starting to close on him a little bit. I I, I think he 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 made some blunders last week. Um, yeah, and and I'm not you know I'm not going to uh, uh, take the kid to task too much yet, but I I think his time is definitely running thin. Um, you know, ironically, the Browns signed a guy who who kind of was in a similar position a few years ago with Pittsburgh and Brian Allen. Um, they signed him off the Bengals practice squad this week because of their deficiencies in the secondary. And, and you know, he was a guy that that was kind of long, had some athleticism, and just just never caught on with the Steelers. And um, I don't know if Lane's headed for that. I hope not. I hope he turns things around, makes something of himself. But um, that's just kind of the the gist I got, and I, w- I would assume they'll go with, with Sutton. Um, I'll tell you who's impressed me this year, mm-hmm. and specifically on special teams, is James Pierre. I mean, it seems like he's always around the ball yeah. on special teams. He, he has. He, really he was around the ball a lot on Sunday when he got that's, some snaps on D. That's you why he, they, he he made the team with, with special teams. And I agree with you. He seems to be a very instinctive player that has a head for the ball. So speaking of the ball, let's flip it over to the offensive side. Um, <laughs> you know, Ben didn't play last week. Ben actually did practice yesterday a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't what I would call a full practice. He participated, um, which is more than he usually does on a Wednesday. Um, hey, they and- said he was a full participant. You're right, right. I, <laughs> what, what I gathered, he was a I know. participant, but might not have participated fully, if you know right. what I mean. Um, but, you know, they're they're getting uh, Eric Ebron was uh, in, activated off the COVID list today. today. Yep. Uh, so so he should should play. Um, you know, I, I mean, what what Ben, what do you expect to see from this offense this week? I mean, we, we saw them push the ball down the field with some pretty good success last week. You know, do they do that again? What, what's going to be different this week? My hope is that, one, they let Ben just do his thing. Yeah. Where he kind of goes to more of a no-huddle type of situation, or they give him more flexibility to call plays at the line, run fewer RPOs, because <laughs> honestly, just... they just aren't working. No. Um, even last week, you know, uh, Mason held the ball a little bit too long and we had guys run downfield and we got a couple of penalties because, you know, you had an ineligible man downfield and it's not really the the offensive lineman's fault. Not at all. I'm, I'm watching the game with people that are going, God, why did he do that? I can't believe he got down there. Well, that's regardless of what he's supposed to do. The blocking is the same on an RPO as it is on a run play. <laughs> so he's doing what he's supposed to do. The quarterback's got to get the ball out quick. Um, And I, I hope there are fewer of those this week. I hope they let Ben, for lack of a better way of putting it, do what he wants to do, mm-hmm. orchestrate the offense, um, draw plays up in the dirt. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Tell guys at the line what route to run. You have an out. (laughs) You're running a slant. (laughs) The defense can hear it and it still works. Um, And and a lot of that, it just has to do with the fact that he's played for so long and he knows how to to diagnose defenses at the line. He can just go, yeah, you're doing this, you're doing this. And then he throws it and it works. Mm -hmm. I hope there's more of that. Um, what we really need to see this week, please, baby Jesus, help us out. We need to see the, the run game improve. We need There's, to see yeah. the run game improve. That has to happen. And I'm a little concerned with the fact that Eric Ebron, God bless him for trying to block, but he can't do it. And he's mm-hmm. going to be in there, and they're going to ask him to inline block. And it just, it just kills the effort. Because the guy just can't do it, which means can't hold the edge. Some guy along the edge is going to have a free release. Probably that guy is going to be Miles Garrett. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like okay, so you're going to give Miles Garrett a free tackle behind the line. That's great, fantastic. We need we need better effort from our line, from our tight ends, and from frankly from our running backs. Our running backs. I thought Anthony McFarlane showed a little a little more burst mm-hmm. through the hole last week. 
that was good to see. Uh, a little more. Let, let's just Let, say, yeah, he had a little more initiative toward getting to the second level than he has mm-hmm. before. Less dancing. Less dancing in the hole. Yeah. Yes. Less less trying to make people miss at the first level. Um, a little more urgency. Mm-hmm. But the other guys, I mean, Benny Snell, again, he's a one-dimensional guy. Yeah. He's not very dynamic. He's doing the best he can with what he's got. Uh, James Conner, again, trying to make people miss early rather than just going, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to get to mm-hmm. the first level, second level. One cut, try and get upfield, just get five or six yards. Just get five yards, you know. Don't worry about making it a 20-yard burst. Just get point. five yards. Yeah. We need to see better effort from everybody on a more consistent basis. And the run game has got to do more. It's got to hold its own. The Steelers have been awful in the run. That's got to improve, and that's my hope. But I don't, I don't know how much. Hope yeah, you you got to be able to run the ball a little bit in the playoffs. Um, you just the history shows that you do. Very few teams have gone on to to the Super Bowl uh, ranking as far down as we do. Um, so hopefully, you know, I I remember the one year I believe it was the Colts um, when they went on the road. They 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 had one of the uh, worst. Actually, I think I'm thinking of the opposite. They had the worst rushing defense in the year, and I think they shut it down for three straight games, if I remember. So my analogy really is quite stupid there. Um, Ian, um, getting your thoughts on offense, but I do want to ask you with this question. Do you buy any of this that the Steelers were kind of resting Chase Claypool a little bit? Maybe, um, just given his snap count and Mm -hmm. what Tomlin said. But good things happen when he touches the ball. So he needs to touch it more. And I will just echo what Ben said that, they need to push the ball down the field, especially given the guys that the Browns have out in their secondary. Right. Um, Kevin Johnson was a guy who a lot of Steelers fans really liked and hoped we drafted yeah, I remember him well. out of Wake Forest um, a couple years ago. And he did a pretty nice job on Juju in the first game out of the slot. But if he's out, um, you know, Juju mm-hmm. might have some room to some more room to operate. Um Denzel Ward got beat over the top for that touchdown to James Washington in the first game. He's probably not going to make that same mistake twice, but we need to push the ball down the field against this team, and we should yeah. be able to do it. Terrence Mitchell's not that good of a corner. Um, you know, they, Ronnie Harrison, one of their safeties is out. I think Sendejo's going to be back, but nevertheless, we can, we can push the ball down the field. Yeah. So we, we need to do that. And with the running game, honestly, the, the and Ben was absolutely right with everything he said. But right now, the biggest deficiency is short yardage. We've got to be able to pick up those third and ones, those yeah. first and goal from the yeah. twos. Like, Ugh. you know, you you got to punch that shit in. Is, that's is, getting pushed from the line, though, Ian. That's all about is. the line. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, that's it one is. of the reasons that Sean Surrett, in my opinion, we they probably should move on from. They've regressed under him. Yep. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, it's um, it's pushed from the line, but also, I mean, James Conner scored a rushing touchdown last week that was pretty much all his effort. I mean, he got hit in the backfield did. and yep. made it happen. You know, Benny Snell gets hit there and gets taken down on the next series when when we got stopped four tries from the one yard line. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it, 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 Conner's your best short yard. Conner's your best all around back right now. He is absolutely no question. I mean, and he's and he's a very average starter, but he's he's your best running back without question. Right. Yep. And I think we talked about this last week, that this is the first time going into the playoffs that we've had a healthy starting running back in yes. a, a while. I yes. mean, there was the one year, was it 2016, that we went to the AFC Championship game and Le'Veon Bell set team records against, was it Miami and Kansas City, the first mm-hmm. two rounds, and then mm-hmm. got hurt against New England. But, yeah. I mean, that's that's really the first time in, like, 10 years or so that we've had a, a healthy starting running yeah. back going into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, you've got to use them. And don't forget too, uh, Olivier Vernon, uh, who who plays op- opposite Miles Garrett. Right, man, that um, was yeah. awful. Yeah, ruptured Achilles. Yep. That is just. Yep. I don't care who it is or what team. No, nah, it's terrible. For. That's terrible. awful. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I and I you know I say the same thing about Joel Batonio too, uh, the guard who's going to miss because of of COVID. You know, he's the longest tenured player there, 
and and suffered through obviously the worst of the worst seasons in Cleveland, and he's about to make his first playoff, and then he's told he can't play. Um, yeah, I, I hate the Browns. I hate him with a passion, but but I, I was also say fuck that guy. But anyway. it, well, <laughs> hey, you know these guys bust ass, and, and and I hate to see them not get these opportunities. Uh, you know what? He'll have an opportunity next year to go eight and eight. It'll be fine. I, well, if not zero uh, and sixteen. Uh, but be that as it may. Um, okay. So, um, what happens, uh, Ian, what happens if, uh, the Steelers win, who do they likely have in the divisional round? So in all likelihood, we're going to Buffalo. So if Buffalo wins, we win, we go to Buffalo. Right. And and you base that upon what, Ian? So the lowest advancing seed goes to Kansas city. Who's the number one seed. So, Buffalo being the two seed, us being the three seed, neither of us could possibly be the lowest advancing seed if we both win. So we would play in the second round because the winner of the four or five game between Tennessee and Baltimore would then be Mm -hmm. the lowest seed going to Kansas City. The Um, only prayer we have, and it is a long shot. For some reason, yes, if for some reason Philip Rivers lights up Buffalo, which Which can happen every once in a while. You never know. It happens. Stranger things. That's true. That's true. The Bills actually have the second longest playoff winning streak drought in the league behind Cincinnati. Um, nevertheless, um, they probably break that this year because I would Cleveland? have. They don't have. They're the third longest. So it's Cincinnati first, Buffalo second, Cleveland third. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because Cleveland won that game in 94. Buffalo hasn't won since 93. Well, I actually kind of like Bills fans. So, eh. well, yeah, we do. We do. Uh, so and yeah, at, at any rate, if yeah. if Indy pulls the upset and beats Buffalo, then Indy goes to Kansas City, and we get the winner of the Tennessee Baltimore game in Heinz Field in the divisional round. Now, wouldn't it be epic <sighs> if it's Raven Steelers round three? <laughs> it would be, but also. Let's I, not forget, oh Lamar Jackson has never won a playoff game. Oh, so, true. That's not true. only that, possible. We not only did. that, Ian, against the Steelers, in his two starts, he's been sacked seven times and has – no, excuse me, he's been sacked nine times and has seven turnovers. Right. Right. Yeah. Not so, exactly yeah. great stats versus that I, defense, my no. friend. But no, it's, it's and, entirely. I mean, Tennessee has a shot here to beat Baltimore. Let's not just you know carry Baltimore to the next round. Tennessee hey, has a shot. T- that Tennessee defense doesn't have a rush at all. A pass rush. They and, are and, they are awful, which is why they are currently uh, sit there. The, the odds on favorite to pursue Bud Dupree in the offseason, but we can talk about are. that. You know, in a month. That's true. True. Um, so that's the scenario for the uh, yes. the win and and yes. so on and what happens. So if we win, games. if we win and Buffalo wins, we go to Buffalo. If Buffalo loses, we're at home against the winner of Tennessee Baltimore. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Pretty pretty straightforward. And hopefully by then, the uh, Commonwealth Governor will allow more people in. But that's also another topic. So what you're saying is that Governor Wolf is an asshole. Um, I'm going to say that he is not well liked by many, many people. Um, and, and that's just what I hear. I'll the, just say he's uh, kind of a prick. I, I, Look, yeah. if you're going to let 5,000 people into a casino that's exactly. closed and it's a smaller yeah. building and you have an outdoor venue that's larger and you're, you're holding yep. that to 2,500, you have your head up your ass. I agree. I agree. I'm not even arguing it. Not even close. Um, Ben, uh, would you like to give us your prediction for the AFC wildcard game, 815 Sunday night on NBC between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, let's let Ian go first. Screw it. What do you think, Ian? Oh, okay. All right. I will say, all right, so Cleveland has won a bunch of games this year, basically like they won this past game where they got lucky at the end. Yep. Um, You know, and by lucky at the end, you know, they stopped a two point conversion against us, against Jacksonville, who's got the number one pick. Um, You know, they've had to recover some onside kicks. They've closed out some games because other teams like Houston can't stop the run. They've 
Cleveland's won a bunch of close games this year. Cleveland is 11 and five with a minus 11 point differential. Mm -hmm. Like let that sink in. They were, they won six more games than they lost yet somehow still gave up 11 more points than they scored on the whole season. So Mm -hmm. if, if they get down, they can't, they are not built to come back. Um, So I, I think, I think we're going to get up early like we did last time on them and make them try and play from behind. I think they'll score a little bit late. I'll say Steelers 27-17. 27-17. Okay. Mark, what do you think? Um, I, uh, I I see it very similarly. I, I think uh, the fact, you know, Baker Mayfield has only turned it over once and I think the last seven or eight games. Um, but I think he's due. Uh, I, I He was sacked four times last week, and there were a couple of instances where I thought maybe he was going to cough it up. And now you've got T.J. Watt back in there, and we know how good he is at stripping the ball. Um, not saying that's going to happen, but I, I it just feels like it's due. Um, I, I, I like I like the Steelers. Um, I, I'm going to go pretty close to Ian. I'm going to say 28, uh, 28-16, I think, is your final score in favor of the Steelers. 28-17, really? All right, well, I didn't want to go first because I didn't want you guys to be uh, – Oh, boy, here we go. To be uh, riding this, this wave. I'll, uh-huh. I'll just tell uh-huh. you guys, I think this is going to be a f- – fucking ass whipping and (laughs) i i think it's going to be i think that baker is going to make a lot of mistakes they're going to turn the ball over um they're going to go away from the run which they have done several times this season which they should not do nope Um, they're going to panic late because they're behind and try and throw and baker cannot win games uh i i think the steelers are going to keep him in the pocket Rather than trying to rush him, I mean they'll they'll rush him, they'll pressure him some. Oh, yeah, but they're they're not going to be aggressive and give him openings to get outside the pocket like they did last week. And I see this going down very similarly to the first game mm-hmm. against the Browns this season. I'm going to say Steelers 38, wow. Browns 10. Wow, and. Ooh. On top of that, I'll uh-huh. go a step further. After the game, Steelers fans are going to be screaming, Super Bowl, we're going to the Super Bowl! <laughs> and I will just caution you all, none of you will listen to me, but caution you all right now that it's going to look deceivingly good. Oh, this is boy. still the Browns. Oh, They're still boy. Brownsy as hell. As Ian <laughs> pointed out, somehow they won five more games than they lost. No, six more games than they lost? Yeah. Six. 11 and, and five. Yep. And they, they finished the minus 11 point. Minus 11, minus nine. Minus point 11. Differential. Minus 11. Point differential. That's ridiculous. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That basically mm-hmm. means you have an eight and eight team that got to play the, AN, the NFC East this year, which is the reality of the situation. True. Okay. They're not that good. And when the Steelers trounce them on Sunday, Do not decide the Steelers are fantastic. I don't even know why I'm saying this, because you're not going to listen to me. (laughs) Do not decide the Steelers are going to be automatic Super Bowl winners, okay? That's going to be the thing. That's going to be the headline on Monday. Oh, my God, the Steelers are back. No, it's just the Browns are that bad. All right. You heard it right there, kids. Uh, All three of us have the Steelers winning on Sunday. Um, and again, that uh, primetime game Sunday night, eight fifteen on uh, on the Peacock NBC with uh, I think Al Michaels. Thank God he'll save us a little bit. And there's Maggie saying hello. But uh, anyway, um, big shout out to uh, to Gordon um, over in the UK. He's been doing our Steelers history stuff once a week. He does a terrific job. Make sure you check that out on the site. He, he kind of revisits the game that uh, Ian was talking about. Um, when, when Renegade was first played, uh, back then and gives you the, the details of that. And, uh, also Jeff, uh, Johnson's been doing some writing for us too, once a week and his articles have been good. He, he's not afraid to make an opinion and, uh, it's creating some, some buzz. So that's good. So not afraid to make an opinion. 
Nope. And that's what oh. we like. Uh, you know, I, uh, I really have a hard time making opinions. Yeah, we know. We know. I struggle. We've, we've heard. I, stating my I, opinions. Yeah. I, I, I get hate mail all the time about that, too. Good, good. Uh, yeah, I that's know. in my bio. If you want to send yeah. hate mail, send it to Mark, not me, because I don't give a I shit. I'll just laugh. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to get out out of here. We hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, Be safe out there. Enjoy the game, and uh, we'll see you again next week. And uh, this is Steel Dad signing off for Ben and Ian on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing. Oh, hello, Maggie. And uh, She says go Steelers. Of course she does. And uh, that's what I was going to say. She just stole my line. And, hey, (laughs) go Steelers. Ravens suck. Fuck the Browns.